Welcome to the Global River Church Discipleship Teaching of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. The table is set. You are invited to the table. What you partake on the table, it's up to you. So don't get mad at the other person because they are eating a lot of chicken and they are eating a lot of grapes. Well, it's available to you too. Go get it. Go take it. Go take it. You can have as much miracle as you want. You can have as much healing as you want. You can have as much prophecy as you want. You can have as much of the Holy Ghost as you want. Oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. We bless your name for tonight. We thank you for the opportunity you've given us. Holy Spirit, I yield myself completely to you. What you want to say, that's what will be said. Nothing more, nothing less. Father, take all the glory. Be exalted in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, I want to welcome everyone tonight. For those that are watching from home, God bless you. Those that are here tonight, we love you. Um, so, East, West, meet Africa. <laughs> East, West, Africa. Praise God, Lord. Uh, um, I am super excited today. Uh, God loves you. I think somebody needs to hear that. God loves you. And that's not a cliche. That is a true heart of the Father for you. And I feel like I'm supposed to say this. Um, for many of you that you may not know, uh, I hope Pastor will forgive me. There's an apostolic grace on Pastor Tom. You just have to look at what he's been doing. And what God has done through him. And we also know that this ministry is an apostolic ministry. A place for equipping. And the part that we don't like is for sending out. <laughs> but that's the assignment God has given this house. Among other things. Uh, so I just, wanted to, I just felt like I'm supposed to say that. Um, he carries an apostolic grace, and I truly, truly honor him as a man of God uh, that walks the work. And I appreciate the privilege to share the word of God, uh, the opportunities that I've had. And, and God is saying, not just to Pastor Tom, but to everyone, step out of the boat, launch out into the deep. And God has been challenging me personally in that area as well. Um, how much of me do you want? You can plateau. You can plateau. And God still loves you. You're still going to make heaven. But you're going to miss out on everything that God has for you. And we're going to talk about that in some degree tonight. Because the Bible says the gifts and the callings of God, they are without repentance. What God has called you to do, the assignment God has placed on your life, God hasn't changed his mind. But, there's a but to that. 
So if you can open up Bible to Second uh, Peter 1, 5 to 10. Second Peter 1, 5 to, because of time, I'm just going to read 5 to 10. The Bible says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor fruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brothers or sisters, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble or fall away. So we see some qualities or spiritual qualities that God is saying we must develop in order to make our call and election sure. Yes, God has called you. Yes, you have found out what God has called you to do. But what are the things that you must do, that you must have, so that you finish your race and finish well? And you hear on the other side, on the other side well done, thou good and faithful steward or servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Amen? The Bible says, add to your faith. It's almost like faith is the foundation. It said, add to your faith. Add to your faith. He's talking about your faith as a believer, but he's talking about faith, Hebrews 11.1. Add to your faith in God. Add to your, because without faith, you can't do the work of God. Without faith, you can't carry out the assignment God has called you to do. It requires faith. It's not just the, the, uh, the desire on the inside of you or, or the drive to do it. You need faith. It said, add to your faith virtue. Let's look at the New, New Living Translation. It said, in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with generous provision of moral excellence. And to moral excellence, add knowledge. In other words, you live right. You have faith, live right, moral excellence. And then on top of that, add knowledge. That means you need to grow in the knowledge of God. You need to grow in the knowledge, especially in the area God has called you to. You need to get materials. You need to go to school if God is leading you there. Remember we talked about that in the beginning part of the series. Follow whatever the Holy Spirit is telling you to do. Don't follow Brother James. Don't follow Sister over there. Follow what God is telling you to do. Amen? But he's saying, add to your faith knowledge. You must know some things. You must be a student of the Word of God. You must crack open the Bible more than we do right now. Actually study. Study. Study to show yourself approved unto God. 
as a worker that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Add knowledge. And to knowledge, self-control. This can derail your assignment if you don't have self-control. Amen? There are people that are truly anointed, truly called of God, but because they lack this, their ministry or their assignment is not as impactful as God would have it. So you need to have self-control, add patient endurance. Just like a marathon runner, when they start, they begin to pace themselves. You know this is a 10,000-mile run. Well, 5K. (laughs) 5K run, not 10,000 miles. Well, maybe I'm prophesying, really. The the race of a Christian walk is a long haul. So you need to pace yourself. Amen? You need to pace yourself. You need to drink some water. You need to get the appropriate nourishment. You need to feed your spirit man. So he said, add patient endurance and godliness. Godliness. And add to godliness brotherly affection or brotherly kindness. Be kind to people. Carry out your assignment with kindness. Amen? That's important. And then he said, love. You must add love. And then he said in verse 10, Therefore, brethren, even more, be more diligent to make your call and your election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall. So it's not enough for us to have a call. Thank God for that. It's not enough for us to know what it is. Thank God for that. But there are some things that we must add in order to be an effective steward of the assignment God has given you. Um, God released the word uh, through, uh, I think it was when Matt, Wood, and the wife came. William. I don't know why I keep calling him Matt. Uh, William Wood. My daughter corrected me the last time. I don't know. Anyway, about what God has called certain individuals to do, I want you to spend some time in prayer before the Lord and find out exactly what your place is in that. And also the timing of it, the resources, everything. Because it's his assignment. Our part is to just follow the blueprint that is giving you and then obey and obey one step at a time, one step at a time, one step at a time. You don't need to know the big picture. Just take the first step. Just take the first step. I remember uh, both Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Copeland, and T.L. all of them, all of them. I remember he said the first day he started his ministry, nobody knew he existed. Nobody knew Kenneth Hagin is or Kenneth Copeland. So he got up, got dressed, and uh, got to the living room. That's as far as he would go. And then he preached to the living room. <laughs> Amen? Baby steps. Don't forget, I mean, don't neglect the days of little beginning. So don't let that dissuade you and say, well, I'm not seeing any fruit. I'm not seeing anything. Well, go before the Lord. Maybe there are some things God wants you to adjust. Maybe it's just you are in the starting phase. So... 
Be patient. We talked about patient endurance. Be patient and follow the Holy Spirit step by step. And one day you just look back, you're like, my goodness, look at what God has done. Amen? So don't get discouraged, but like a marathon runner, have that mindset. Pace yourself. And one step at a time, one step at a time, one step at a time. Uh, Sunday night uh, into Monday morning, I had a very powerful encounter with the Lord, uh, dream, vision, whatever you want to call it. My goodness, very, very powerful. I, I'm, still, I'm still trying to decipher it, but I think I got the gist of it. He was speaking to me about my assignment, about the call on my life, about Global River Church. That's why it's I felt I was supposed to say that um, uh, because I, I don't think I'm supposed to go into it, but very powerful. God is speaking. Amen? God is speaking. So please do not, we talked about dreams, we talked about uh, many, many means that God will speak. Don't ignore that. If you are going through a situation that's difficult, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. You have to walk by faith, not by sight. No matter what's going on, whether it's palatable or not palatable, you're standing in faith and preaching faith. Meanwhile, you have something going on in your own life that's mocking your faith. Amen? You stand because you know the word of God is true. When the dust settles, we win. Amen? When the door set, I think that's for somebody here. Don't get discouraged. Do not get discouraged. The Bible says weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. No matter what it seems like, no matter how long it has been, stand your ground. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. Amen? Many times God uses those seasons to walk out and bring Gold out of you. Uh, you, don't, you don't produce gold without some heat. Extreme heat. You want to come out shining like gold? Well, you've got to be ready to go in the stove. Or actually not the stove, the oven. The hot oven. So sometimes God will take you through a process like that to bring out the gold. Amen? So don't get discouraged. God knows what he's doing. Praise the Lord. If you go to Hebrews 12, verse 1, Hebrews 12, verse 1, because <laughs> uh, another thing, especially for those of us that we are called into ministry, you have to be flexible to allow the Holy Spirit to interrupt your plan. As a church, as a traveling minister, or as somebody preaching like me, you have to be flexible to allow the Holy Spirit to interrupt your plan. I had prepared what I was going to talk about tonight at 5 o'clock as I was getting dressed. The Lord started saying, you're going to do this. You're going to ask, like, huh? And I don't like that. Nobody likes that. Because I already know what I'm going to say. I already, you know, play it out in my head. How it's going to go, what I'm going to say. And God says, no, you're going to do this, you're going to do this. And I don't understand why he does that. But sometimes God does that because he wants, us, he wants us to trust him. 
explicitly, implicitly, any other way, adjective you want to add to it. <laughs> you want us to trust him no matter what. So you have to be flexible to the point that even if you've announced that this is what we are going to talk about, we are going to talk about faith, we are going to talk about healing, we are going to talk about this, and then you are walking up and the Lord says, no, you are not talking about that. You have to have a mind or um, a will to yield to that. And say, you know what, church, sorry, throw away the printout. That's not what we are talking about. And then you freestyle on the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, those are the best moments because the anointing will flow so, so powerfully. Because it's not you. We have to remember that. We absolutely have to remember that. And the same thing applies to you in your assignment. Let the Lord lead you. How many of, how many of us grew closer? I'm not saying you don't have a relationship. Grew closer to the Holy Spirit in the last one week. Did you talk to him in the last one week? Do you talk to him more than normal? If you didn't, you are behind the A-ball. You need to catch up. (laughs) Amen. You need to build a relationship. It starts with that. Build a strong relationship. Talk to him about everything. We've talked about that, so I'm not going to beat that horse again. Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 2. The Bible says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnare us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joys that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and was now sat down at the right hand of the throne. So there's a race that God has appointed you to run. Run it with endurance. Don't be distracted by what's happening over there or over there. Uh, Focus on your assignment and run it diligently. Add knowledge. Amen. Get books. Get quality books and devour them. Get videos and devour them. You know, somebody came to me um, after uh, William. I remember the first night I got the book and the DVD. <laughs> so somebody came to me, uh, Bishop, when are you going to teach that? I said, well, when, whenever the Holy Spirit leads me. Well, don't wait for Bishop. Go buy the book. and devour it yourself. Maybe you teach Bishop. Praise the Lord. Don't wait for Bishop. If you really are thirsty for that knowledge, go for it. Invest in yourself. Invest in yourself. Invest in books. You know, pastor has books on deliverance and many. I know many people in this church probably has it. I want to believe that. But there are people that don't. They don't have it. They, don't, they are not interested in it. They don't have any books. They don't have anything. I, me and my Bible, praise the Lord. Yes, the Bible is what we stand on. But there are people that God has anointed. Why does God put people in, in, in the ministry, apostles, prophets, evangelists, and teachers? Why? If we, don't, if we don't need all those resources, why? I mean, think about it. The Holy Spirit is the teacher, right? The Bible says he's a teacher. So why does God put teachers in the mix of it? We have the Holy Ghost. 
there are some people that they don't want to come to church or they won't come to church because me and my Bible and the Holy Spirit. You don't read your Bible. The Bible says do not forget the gathering together of God's people. You can't walk this race by yourself. I don't care how anointed you are. I don't care how strong you think you are. You need the body. You need the body. So invest in yourself. Invest in books. You know, recently, um, the Lord led me to my library. Um, there's a book that he told me to start reading. So I'm reading that. After that, he, today, he gave me another one that I must put. And it's in the same theme. So he's taking me through some powerful training. And I'm so, so full. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's so much I know. There's so much I don't know. And so God is schooling me. Amen? To prepare for the next thing that the Lord has. So run your race. Run your race. Now, run your race is not going to happen automatically. You've got to put effort into it. Amen? What God has called you into to do is not going to happen by you going through your normal routine. You wake up, you go to work, come back home. Something has to be interrupted. Your prayer life has to be interrupted. Your study life has to change. Everything has to be modified as the Lord is leading you. If you truly want to finish your course. Now, there's a cautionary tale that we need to learn from this. If you go to 1 Samuel 15. 1 Samuel 15. This is not to scare anybody, but to uh, encourage us. 1 Samuel 15. The Bible says, Samuel said to, also said to Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people, over Israel. Near therefore heed the voice of the Lord your God. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel, how he ambushed him on the way. You know the story. God gave him an assignment. Now, the first thing that's important is God appointed him the first king of Israel. And God gave him an assignment. You know, the Bible says the gifts and the callings of God, they are without repentance. If you go to 1 Samuel 16, verse 1. I just want to wrap it up real quick. Verse 1. Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? I fired him. Fill your own with oil. And go, I'm sending you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite. For I provided myself a king among his sons. One that is better than him. Amen? Amen. God's plan, God's intention was for Saul to be king over Israel. For the duration of his life. He messed up. He disobeyed the Lord. Now, I'm not saying you are disobeying the Lord, but... Being lazy, I'm saying it nicely, being lazy in your prayer life, in your study life, in developing the gifting and the calling that God has placed in you. You know, the gift and the calling of God in you is in baby form. You have to grow it. You have to learn. You have to grow. The same when you talk about the prophetic or the apostolic and the teacher anointing, the uh, pastor anointing, it starts at the baby form. And then you grow it, and then you grow it, and then you grow it, and then you grow it. 
even you yourself, you will know that, man, that's not the way I used to minister. Because you've grown. And if you are not teachable, ah, yeah, that's a terrible spirit. Because you think you know everything. Uh, because God has used you to, in some degree, and now you know everything. Nobody can tell you anything. That's terrible. You need, to, uh, you, need to, you need to speak to that spirit to leave you alone. So you have to build capacity in you. You have to grow. You have to grow. There's nobody that I know, whether it's people that I know from, that are powerfully used by God in Africa or in America or in Europe, all of them are students of the word and they read books. T.L. Osborne, Oswald J. Smith, F.F. Uh, F. Bosworth. Name any one of them. They are men and women that studied. Studied the Bible and studied books. Amen? Equip yourself. Amen? Equip yourself with the word of God and with resources that God has anointed men and women to put out in the body. Remember, those are gifts sent to a equip you to do your work, to do your assignment. Remember we read it in the first week and the second week. These gifts are put in the body so that we, all of us, can do our assignment and do it successfully. So all of the things that God has released to the body through all of these men and women, we sh that should be our starting point. Because we've devoured all those revelations we've taking it in. That should be our starting point. Why do we want to reinvent the wheel? Amen? God has released so much in the body. Take advantage of it. For the gifts and the calling of God, they are without repentance. But you can, you can derail yourself by either through disobedience or laziness because you are not making yourself a worthy vessel that God can use. And there are seasons of training that God will take you through uh, don't, don't despise those times. Stay thirsty. Stay thirsty for more of what God has for you. Amen? Amen. Stay thirsty. You know, like uh, Brother Daniel is so good with technology and is always expanding his knowledge. You know, I saw a picture that he posted on, on, on social media. He was building something, building something in his house and everything. So you keep growing. You keep expanding. You keep expanding. You keep adding to what you know. Don't think that what you know is everything that, needs, that you need to know or there is to know. There is more. And I believe that's why the Lord was saying at the beginning of the message, there is more. But it's up to you. It's up to you what you take and how much of it that you take. So make your call and election sure. Make sure you have a foundation of faith, had godliness, had uh, knowledge, had kindness, and everything that we've talked about. So now let's move on uh, because, again, I only have two weeks left. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, I want to try to give us um, some examples of uh, types of prophecy. I'll start with a warning prophecy. A warning prophecy. Let me see. Mm, let's start with warning prophecy. So what is a warning prophecy? A warning prophecy is sent from the heart of the Father because of his love for you or for his family. 
God sends this kind of prophecy out of love to one, a person, a family, a church, a nation, about his displeasure with their action or actions or behavior of that group. This may come to alert for danger that is about to happen or to alert us to the plans of the enemy. Second Chronicles 36, 15 to 16. Second Chronicles 36, 15 to 16. The Bible says, And the Lord God of their father sent warnings to them by his messengers, rising up early and sending them, because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. So many times God will send warning prophecies because he loves you. <laughs> Amen. He loves you. He doesn't want you to jump in the ditch or make the wrong turn. Uh, praise the Lord. I, I, the Lord is prompting me, and I guess I got, I'm going to share it. So three years ago, after we got here, I was looking for promotion, and I I remember I shared a prophetic word that pastor gave me, a word of wisdom that God was going to give me a promotion, and it did happen a few months later. So, but before that, I was, there was a lot, you know, when you, when you know you are due for promotion, you're like, what's going on? Am I chopped liver? You know, give me the promotion now. So I, I talked to my boss, I talked to this. So finally, I wanted to take matters into my own hand. And that's what we do sometimes. And I think I was doing it the right way because, you know, I'm praying, I'm talking to God about it. But, you know, we talked about following the inward witness. It just doesn't feel right. But if you want to do your own way, you can do your own way. So I applied for the job. It was a position with uh, another hospital in Greensboro. So I, and then I told myself that, the way I would know this is God's will is if it moves to the next phase and then to the next one and to the next one and then they gave me the job. <laughs> well, of course, he went to the next one and then to the next one and then to the next one. And then finally, it was the final one. I did the panel interview. Uh, they brought everybody, all the big boys. I interviewed with them and then they brought the team. I was getting scared like, okay, it looks like this thing is going to work. Uh, they are going to give me this job, but every step of the way, there was an alert flashing in my spirit that this is not my will, this is not my will. So finally, they called me, and they said they are going to give me the job. And the job was going to pay about $20,000 more. <laughs> Cha-ching! But normally, that will excite anybody. Yeah. Like, Thank you, Jesus. Let's go to church and give a testimony. But I just knew, uh, God, this is, I, why don't I feel good about this? So finally I said, Lord, uh, what should I do? And the, fa the fact was, every step of the way I was praying. But because I decided to go my way, even though he told me from the beginning, don't, don't get involved with this. This is not my plan. He told me from the beginning, but ah, I'm going to do it. And I think this is for a lot of people here. We do that. We know we heard from God, but this looks too good to pass up. Man, that boy is so fine. That woman is so fine. I'm going to go after her. Even though you have that red flag in you that says, no, 
that's not the one I have for you. But then you say, mm, I'm going to make it work. You know, I'll, I'll teach her how to cook. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll file off all the rough edges. Exactly. So finally, the day came, I kept dragging it out. In fact, I even made it so difficult for them to hire me because I said, okay, if you're going to, if, if, whatever your pack, the package they gave me, I said, add $10,000 to it. I was just trying to let them say no. They said, okay, I'll, I'll go, I'll go, and yeah, we're going to give you $10,000 more. I said, huh? What am I going to do? But the entire time I knew this was not God's will. So finally I said, okay, God, I hear you. I'm going to call them. That was one of the weirdest phone calls I've ever made. I called them. Meanwhile, I don't have the promotion. The reason I was looking for the job was because I felt like I was worth more. And, I, and based on the interview, I was worth more. Why don't you pay me more? So I decided to call them. I said, sorry, I, I just made up something like I can't take the job. Now, after I did that, I think it was the next day in my prayer time, the Lord spoke to me. He said, if you are taking that job, you can believe this or you don't believe it, but I know I heard God. If you are taking that job, you would have been 10 years behind the rest of your life. Wow. 10 years behind the rest of your destiny. But he didn't say that the entire time because he had already told me at the beginning, don't go there. But because eh, I like it, it's a lot of money. Uh, so that's an example that I, I just, because I didn't even know I was going to share that, but I, I felt prompted that I'm supposed to share that. Pay attention. Then, then a few months later, I got promoted. It's more, uh, a, a better title. I'm a director director. The other job was a manager. It's more money. <laughs> it's more money. And I just, I just know that I'm where I'm supposed to be. That's the best part. You are in, inside the will of God. You are not outside the will of God. Many people get themselves outside of the will of God because of a job. You know, one man of God said, more money is not a leading. I, I just went through that. <laughs> the fact that they offered you more money, that doesn't mean God is leading you there. The fact that they offered you better pay packet or working in, in the title or whatever, it doesn't mean that's God's leading. Right here. The man on the inside and the Holy Ghost that lives in you will tell you. Amen? And if whatever is going on in your, in your current employment is not palatable, then talk to him. you fix it. Amen? God can walk with your boss and fire your boss if necessary. I mean, do whatever he needs to do. But I just wanted to share that experience so that you know that the fact that something looks good may not necessarily be God's will. Amen? Follow what the Lord is telling you. So... I don't know if that necessarily fits with a warning prophecy, but I was prompted to share that. You look at Acts 21, 10 to 11. This was prophet Agabus. Uh, he released a prophetic word to Paul, warning him of danger that is ahead of him and the martyrdom that's waiting for him. 
This warning was sent to alert Paul of what is ahead and to prepare him spiritually. And you notice that Paul still went ahead. He knew it all along. What Agabus gave him was just a confirmation of what he already knew. That's why we've, we've gone through this together. That because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, and if you are sensitive, that's one thing you have to develop. Sensitivity to hear what he's saying. If you are not sensitive, most of the time, one of the reasons why God may send a prophet to speak to you is because you are not sensitive enough. I say some of the time, not all of the time. It's because he's been trying to get at your attention. He sent you a text message, posted it on your Facebook, <laughs> dropped something in front of your door, and you still don't get it. Then finally, he's just going to come and just smack you upside your head like, dude, I've been trying to get your attention. Amen? Let's not be dull of hearing so that we can hear exactly what God is saying. Because if you can't decipher what God is saying in the non-consequential things of life. How are you going to hear God in more serious, more high-scale situations of your destiny? You have to learn to hear from God for yourself. Thank God for giftings in the body. They are there, and if God wants to speak, like somebody said, he's an intelligent being. If he wants to speak, he will speak. <laughs> you don't have to prop him and, you know, cajole him. We think that if we have a very high worship, then God is going to speak. If he doesn't have anything to say, he's not going to say anything. And there are some times that you don't even, you, your worship, you don't think you did anything good. And then miracles will start breaking out. He's God. He's God. Hallelujah. He loves us. You know, I found out, I've been studying that lately. I found out that God loves me. I have a renewed revelation of it. He loves me. And he loves you too. And you know something? I love you. Whether you love me or not, I love you. Because I go back in time. Actually, outside of time. Because we were all inside God at the time. We were siblings inside the Father, before he sent us here. So you are my brother. Not, not, not uh, a Christian thing to say, you are truly my brother. We came from him. Amen. So that's, that will help you when you see somebody that you think you don't like. He's your brother. <laughs> that's why the scripture says love everybody because they are truly, truly your brothers and sisters. It's not a Christian thing. It's a real spiritual truth. We came from the Father. Study the Bible. We came from him. That's why you must, when the Bible says love, <laughs> it's an expectation. It's your brother. I just can't get past that. It's your brother. It's your sister. <laughs> love. Amen. Love. Everything is built on love. The family of God is built on love. If you have anything against family members, your uncle, your auntie, that sister, that uh, sister-in-law, brother-in-law, mother-in-law, oh Lord, have mercy. She's your sister. Get over it. 
ask God to help you to love that person. Because in many instances, healing will not manifest when you are not walking in love. It's a blessing blocker. Miracles will not happen if you are not walking in love. Amen? Everything operates through love. Your faith actually operates through love. You can have faith, but if you don't have love, you're nothing. I didn't say that. The Bible said that. (laughs) Faith works by love. Faith works by love. So if your faith is not working, that's the first place to go and check. If your faith is not working, you know you have faith. Even the devil knows you have faith, but it's not working. That's the place to go and check. Lord, where am I not working in love? Amen? And make the adjustment. And don't tell me you can't forgive. Because he said, God forgave you all your own sins. And if you don't forgive... Then God will open your account and put red back in there. <laughs> you don't want that, trust me. And remember, this person is your brother. Is your sister. This is what we do in Africa when we are trying to make a strong point. You put your hand on your head. Is your brother? Is your sister? Love them. Love, 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 love. And, and we find out that it's more difficult to love people that are closer to us. Yeah. We can love, you know, you know, people in church. Oh, I love that person. I love Brother Bishop. I love my sister over there. But then your wife or your, your spouse or your husband or maybe your siblings or your children, you're having trouble loving them. How come? Because the devil is mean. He's mean. Brings up all these issues from the past. Just forgive. Everything that you bring before the Lord and you ask for forgiveness, what does it do? It wipes your slate clean. Remember that uh, parable of the servant that was hoeing a master, let's say $500. And so the master was like, I want my money. He said, please forgive me, forgive me. And then finally, the master said, okay, I wipe it clean. One of the fellow servants that works from the same master, hold him maybe like, I don't know, $5, threw him in prison. And so the big master heard about it. The other slaves or servants went and told him, like, what is going on here? I forgive you $500. You can't forgive five? So he took him. And threw him in prison until he paid the entire money. It's an analogy of when you hold somebody in your heart. No matter what it is. Even when somebody rapes you, terrible as it is. The Bible says forgive. Amen? Somebody has raped you. Somebody has killed somebody close to you. God says forgive. So you say, Bishop, you don't know what that feels like. I don't, but the Holy Spirit does. And if you partner with him, he will give you the grace to forgive. Because until you forgive, you are, you are blocked from all the commonwealth blessings in the kingdom. You are in the kingdom, but you are an outsider. Because you are not working in love. 
Love, I didn't even know I was going to go into that. Love is very, very necessary to receive everything that God has for us. If you are praying and praying and praying and praying and nothing seems to be working, check the love. Check on forgiveness. Those two, you get it right, it works like a charm. And the devil will want to keep you there because he knows as long as he keeps you there, he doesn't have to do anything. God himself will keep you there. Because the word of God says, your faith will not even work without love. It's like you trying, you, you bought a very expensive vehicle, $200,000 car, and the battery is dead, or somebody took away the battery. It's not going anywhere. It's a very nice machine, but it's not going anywhere. Without the battery, you're not going anywhere. Or maybe they took out the engine. You ain't going nowhere. Love is very important to flow in the things of the Spirit, to flow in the power of God, to receive from God. You must walk in love. I can tell you, love is not on my note. You must walk in love. We all must challenge each other to walk in love. And one of the things that has been helping me lately is I saw that revelation that we all came from the Father. God determined the time that you are going to be born. And he said, you, 1950, you, 1970, you, 19, whatever, whatever your year of birth is. We all came from him. And we all found him, amen, in Jesus. And now we don't want to talk to each other. The law of love is foundation in the kingdom. You have to walk in love. So check your heart tonight. I believe God is speaking to us. That may be what's holding your miracle from operating. In fact, some people are not even, they are holding, uh, they are holding people that are not even close to them, like elected officials in their heart. I just hate that person. And you're a Christian. Amen? I just hate, you know, you know, whoever is in the office. I hate that person. I hate that person. That language, you should just go and wash your mouth. Get soap and wash your mouth. Amen? It shouldn't be coming out of your mouth. You're a child of God. The language of the kingdom is love. You may not agree with their policy. The Bible says pray for those who are in authority. That's your job. Amen? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Warning prophecy. Let's see if we can move on from there. God sent a warning prophecy to Joseph about Jesus. In Matthew chapter 2, 13 to 14, the Bible says, Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Arise, take the young child and his mother, and flee to Egypt. How many of you have seen angels before? How many of you have seen angels before? You know, many of you have seen angels and you just don't know it. Because they appear to you in a dream. <laughs> and because we don't see them physically, we don't count it as, I saw an angel. We just read it. The angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. It's still part of you. The fact that you are sleeping doesn't mean... Uh, 
It's not counting. He said, take the young child and run to Egypt. So we, I think we covered that last time. God sent his only son, who is also God, to Egypt. And you, you think you are bigger than God. And God is telling, giving you warning message. And he's telling you to run someplace or to stop doing something or to start doing something. But you don't want to listen because I've got Psalm 91. I've got all these Bible passages, which is great. But you can't claim all of those apart from the Holy Spirit. So warning prophecies, God give us warning prophecy to help us. Because of his great love that he has towards us. Now, let's look at uh, another category of prophecy. It's called a peremptory prophecy. Peremptory means it leaves no opportunity for denial or refusal. It's an imperative. It precludes or does not admit debate, question. It's you got to do this or, or else. This type of prophecy that dictates or informs you of what God wants you to do and leaves no option for you but to obey it. This means not obeying the prophetic word will cause the prophecy not to come to pass or to be fulfilled. We talked about this. Remember the Bible was given by prophecy, the word of God. Holy men spoke as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So don't you believe the Bible? So if it's a true prophetic word, you are expected to believe it in order for it to come to pass. Amen? So faith is always needed. Peremptory, meaning that you have to obey it, otherwise the prophecy will not come to pass. Like a directive. Um, if you don't do it, the prophecy will not come to pass. And that's why many times people will say, well, God gave me a prophecy and it, it didn't happen. Well, did you believe it? Did you do what the prophecy say? Did you pray into it? Did you stand for it? Amen? Uh, peremptory is P-E-R-E-M-T-O-R-Y. Peremptory. P E R E M T T O R Y, yes. I'll give us a good example. In Luke chapter 1. <laughs> Thank you. Luke chapter 1. Um, I don't know if we have time for all of this, but let me give a summary of it. You know the prophecy concerning the birth of John the Baptist. So the father was involved. His name is Zacharias. Everybody knows that. The mom is Elizabeth, who's the sister of Mary, right? Cousin, thank you. I know they are relatives. So cousin of Mary. So God gave them a word that they were going, they've been believing God and trusting God for a baby for a very long time. Nothing. They're serving God. They are servants in the house of the Lord. All of a sudden, 
in the middle of his ministry. He was doing his ministry as a priest. An angel of the Lord appeared. The guy was like, huh? What am I seeing? You know, it was in the dumb back. Most people have that kind of reaction. When you see an angel or somebody on the other side, it's going to shake you. And so this message from the Lord was, you're going to have a son. And Zacharias, with all his faith, said, how is this going to happen? <laughs> and the angel of the Lord said, ah, because you are a knucklehead, you want to mess this up, I'm going to shut up your mouth. Because this baby must be born. So this is an example. I'm not going to allow you to mess it up. So I'm going to zip your mouth until the baby is born. It's an imperative because God needed John on the earth as the one that will herald the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So, and the other thing that came, if you read the story, the, the other thing that came about was God gave him a name, John, and according to their family line, John is not a name that normally is used. So, the, the Lord gave the same name to Elizabeth, and so on the day of birth, after the baby was born, his mouth came open. They asked the mother, what's the name of the baby? Said John. They asked the father, what's the name of the baby? Said John. Where did you find John? We don't do John in this family. He said, well, that's what the Lord says. Amen. So after the baby was born, God released his mouth. You see how important your mouth is in terms of your miracles. What you say matters. Yeah, many people come to church and they lift up holy hands. They believe God in church. But once you walk out that door, what do you say? I love you. <laughs> Sister of God, brother of God, what do you say at home when nobody's there? What do you say when you are by yourself looking in the mirror? What are the things that comes out of your mouth? Are they in alignment with what you said on Sunday? Amen. That's part of your faith. You know, one of the ways you can tell where your faith is is the words that come out of your mouth. You know, uh, in chemistry, when I was in high school, there are many, many apparatus that we have to measure the density of something, the acidity of something, and all of that stuff. Blue litmus test, uh, red litmus test, all of that stuff. Well, how do you measure your faith? One of the ways you measure your faith is the words coming out of your mouth. <laughs> Especially when nobody is there. What are you saying about that thing? What are you saying? Is it in alignment with the word of God and what you claim to believe? Is it in alignment? Are you speaking death to your life or speaking life to your life? What are you saying? I'm depressed. You're a Christian. I'm broke. And you're a Christian. And then you come to church and say, Pastor, pray. I believe if you pray, God will, you know, touch my finances. And I, ah, brother, we need to go get some. Ah, I'm broke. I'm broke. I'm broke. I'm broke. That's your confession. And you can have what you say. Mark 11, 23 and 24. If you say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in your heart, but believe that what you say will come to pass. You will have whatsoever you say. 
Therefore, I say unto you, what things ever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. It's not just talking about what you say in prayer. What you say in prayer must align with what you say in normal day conversation. I am healed. Glory to God. I'm blessed. I'm going higher. I'm moving forward. I'm moving forward. My finances are growing, increasing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord is opening doors for me to minister to multitudes. The anointing of God will show up. Healings will take place. Miracles will take place. Lives will be turned around. People will get saved. People will get healed. These are my confession. What are you saying when nobody is there? What are you saying inside your head? You know, we talk to ourselves. What are you saying? That's truly what you believe. So if it's bad, that's a good thing. Be aware of that and begin to feed your spirit. Begin to change that conversation. Be present. What is coming out of my mouth over this matter? That's your faith. Not what you say in church. Now, if what you say in church aligns with that, then that's truly your faith. You have to be saying the same thing. The woman with issue of blood, the Bible says she kept saying, she kept saying, if you read the Amplified, if you read the NLT, King James, New King James, BLT, FFT, whatever version you read, it's saying the same thing. She kept saying, if I may but touch the elm of his garment, I shall be made whole. She kept saying to herself. She kept saying, she wasn't saying it to anybody. She was saying it to herself. That was her faith. What is your faith today? What are you saying? Are you saying that ah, nobody ever gets promoted in this department? And pff, to make it worse, I'm a black guy. <laughs> Forget that. They ain't never going to look at me. If you keep saying that, that's where you're going to stay. And you're a child of God and he loves you. Speak life. Oh, I remember I was listening to uh, uh, T.D. Jakes. You know how he preaches. He said, you, co- you come into the office one every day before everybody shows up. You start declaring, I'm going to have promotion here. Glory to God. Declare your faith. Declare your faith in the car. Declare your faith in the bathroom. Declare your faith amongst your children. Declare your faith in prayer. Stand on the same thing. You know, one of the definitions of faith is saying the same thing and never giving up on it. No matter what is happening. You don't change course. You stand and you stay there. Amen? No matter what's, got, what's going on, you stay with the same statement. So we see here that God will give us prophecies, and there are different kinds of it. And you have to follow what the Lord is saying. Another one that's um, relevant to this is 1 Kings 17 from verse 10 to 16. The Bible says the word of the Lord from the prophet to the widow is a biblical example of this type of prophecy. This prophecy gave her direction or choice of what God needed her to do. Remember the story, uh, the widow of Zarephath. Zarephath. Um, the prophet said <laughs> the weirdest thing. There's famine in the land. There's no food anywhere. And I just told you, man of God, that I'm gathering the last piece of stick or whatever 
to prepare this last meal for myself and my son, and you telling me to go and prepare some for you first? What kind of a man of God are you? Should I call 911 or call CNN? You say, what kind of man of God do you all people have in this area? Now, in that moment, she had a choice. Just like the word of God says, I said before you, blessing and cursing, life or death. And God, so nice, so loving, he said, I, can't, I, I counsel you to choose life, in case you don't know. <laughs> I counsel you to choose life, in case you don't know which one is good for you. So she had a choice. It was a prophetic word from the man of God. You can choose to believe it or choose not to believe it. But she chose rather foolishly to believe it. And the result was provision for her and her household, the entire duration of the farming. Because the food that she had would have been enough for one meal and then they would die. But because she obeyed the instruction, the foolish instruction from the man of God, she had sustenance the rest of the farming. So those are the kind of you know, prophetic words that will come to you. And, and then you have a choice. Believe it or say, hey, Bishop just had too many cereal or pizza or whatever. I'm not, I'm not buying that. And that's fine. And then you won't get what's on the other side of it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So uh, that's very uh, clear. Another one is directive prophecy. Now, this one is a little bit uh, tricky because directive prophecy directs you, just like the word, directive. Now, under the new covenant, directive prophecies are more like confirmation because under the old covenant, they did not have the Holy Spirit. So that's why they would go to a prophet or a seer to find out the will of God on a matter. Under the new covenant, you have God living in you. So why would you need to go to prophet so-and-so to tell you what to do? God is in you. Now, God may choose to confirm what he has given you through a prophet like I said, all of the fivefold ministry, their primary job is to preach and teach the word, like I'm doing tonight. Now, prophecy may come, and word of knowledge, word of wisdom, all of the other gifts may show up as the Spirit wills, but the prophet under the new covenant is not designed by the Lord to lead you. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. Anytime we have uh, somebody that's prophetic come to minister, I know there's a lot of faith in the atmosphere. Maybe God will speak to me. Maybe God will speak to me. And that's great. And you're not alone. I feel the same way too. So don't think you're alone. But the reality is the Holy Ghost is already inside of you. Most of the time, Whatever they are telling you should be a confirmation of what God has been. If you develop your relationship with him, you have fellowship with him, it will be a confirmation of what God has already said. And if it's something new, that's fine too. Take it to him and say, Lord, this is new. Talk to me. That's why we spent all of last week focusing on the Holy Spirit. 
the Holy Spirit is the one that leads and guides. And you know why many people don't, they want a prophet to rather tell them, is because they don't want to take the time it takes to seek him. They don't want to take the time it will take in prayer. They don't want to take the time to study their Bible and study resources so that they can expand and learn how to hear from God. One of the most powerful tools that any child of God must have after you get born again is develop your faith and learn how to hear from God. If you have those two things, now love and all the other good stuff that we are supposed to develop in our spirit man, they will come. Because the Holy Spirit will guide you and tell you you need to walk in love over there. He will correct you. He will, he will move you in the direction that you are supposed to go. Amen? Learn to hear from God for yourself. Learn to hear from God for yourself. And it's not like, oh, yeah, you know, I heard, I've been hearing from God for the last 20 years. Bishop, I'm experiencing that. You, you can develop more. There's more. Amen? There's more. There's more. There's more. How much more do you want? How much more of God do you want? Um, if, you, if you go to 1 Samuel 23, uh, there are about nine different instances where David went to the Lord to inquire of the Lord. Nine different instances. Now, we need to apply that to our own life. Inquire of the Lord. Every decision you're about to make, every, uh, especially for our young people, or even middle-aged people, I want to go into this line of business. I want to go into this career. I want to do this. I want to do that. Well, before you are conceived in your mom, God already made a plan. Why don't you ask him? And his plan is so much better than yours. And it's not, everything is not about money. Thank God for money, and God will bless you in whatever he has called you to do. He will give you the resources to do the assignment. It's not about money. It's about fulfilling the assignment God asked for you. And if you remember the story we read about Saul and David, there's a book that I read many years ago by E.A. Uh, Adeboye. You know him. Uh, from Nigeria. Probably has one of the largest, if not the largest church in the world. Because they have branches every, on every continent. Every continent. Everywhere. Um, it, 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 the, topic, uh, the title of the book is about the life of Saul and David. And the, the gist of the book is God has a replacement for every soul. There's a David that will do a much better job. So if I mess up, God will raise up somebody else that will step into that anointing. Amen? In fact, Ryan Bonke said, when God called him, he told him it wasn't his first choice. It was actually the third. The first and the second said, they gave up, they gave whatever their excuses were. Look at what God did through that man. Man, I want to see his reward in heaven. Millions and millions upon millions in the continent of Africa. I mean, you see him wearing clothes like this. 
In Jesus' name and miracles. Polio, blindness, deafness, like popcorn. In Jesus, I mean, that's one of the hallmark of a true evangelist. Miracles. Because he proclaims to a dying world, there's a God on the other side of this. He tells them there's a God on the other side of this. Miracles. Amen? And his successor is also doing the same thing. Daniel Kalinda. Mightily used by God. So we need to grow. I think that's what God is saying to us tonight. Grow your capacity to be able to step into the assignment God has for you. Yes, thank God for church. Church is there to grow you to some degree. But you need to develop your own capacity. You need to have study time. Study time. Study time. You're studying on healing. Maybe God has called you. You know, I know somebody received the word that God has called them to minister in healing. Pick up a book and read about it. Pick up a book and learn about faith, how faith works. Because faith will not, healing will not happen without faith. Amen. Pick up a book and learn from the word of God how healing works. Doctors go to school and learn how to be a doctor. We want to be whatever God has called us. We, we think it's just the anointing. Yes, the anointing is there, but you need knowledge. We read it. Add to your faith, virtue. Add to virtue, knowledge. What knowledge is he talking about? The knowledge of the word of God. Knowledge. Grow. I know this is not one of those exciting, oh, that's awesome, Bishop. But that's the word of God. You've got to grow. If you want to finish your assignment and finish strong, these are the things the word of God says must be done. You must walk in love. You must grow. You must know how faith works. Because it cuts across everybody. So if you don't know anything to study, pick up a book and learn about faith. Yes, you know about it. You, you read the book's level one. But say, Holy Spirit, teach me what I don't know. There's more. I said it before, at the beginning of the message, by the Holy Spirit, there's more. Whatever you know, there's more. There's more that God wants to show you. There's more that God wants to teach you. If you have a teachable spirit... If you are willing to be schooled, to be trained, then God can teach you. Now, I want to close with one last thing. Uh, there's a, a man that took over the healing school for Kenneth Hagin ministry. Uh, after he was one of the people that would travel with him because he was an itinerant minister. He would travel from place to place and minister. So the Lord spoke to him that this man was supposed to take over. He's one of the people that traveled with him. Now, the man was like, I, I don't even have two messages to preach. <laughs> you know, and I'm supposed to preach twice a day, Monday through Friday. I'm like, God, I'm in trouble. What am I supposed to do? And he's supposed to be the head of the healing school. So the first day he preached, and then after a while he started taking Brother Hagen's message, taking this person's message. He was learning. He was growing. So after about three months in healing school, they're supposed to be healing. That's what healing school was designed for. And all the predecessors, they had miracles and healings. Three months, hardly anything. So finally, he said, he got along with God. He said, God, it's very clear I don't know anything. Teach me. From that point, everything turned. 
miracles, signs, wonders. I mean, they were just popping like popcorn. So there has to be a hunger and a thirst on the inside of you to step into your anointing, to step into your call. That which God has placed, it's not going to happen automatically. You have to go along with it. Lord, you have called me into this. I don't know anything. Help me. And before you know it, you start seeing multiple miracles, whatever God has called you to be. That just happens to be an example. Amen? So I hope this has really encouraged your heart and motivated you and poked you in some places tonight uh, where you need to make some adjustments and seek God for more because there is more. Whatever you know, whatever you've seen, you haven't seen the half of it. Amen? Because God is inexhaustible. He's El Shaddai, the more than enough God. So whatever we think we have seen or experienced, we're just scratching the surface. So I want us to pray tonight and just talk to the Holy Spirit. Lord, teach me. I want you to pray that prayer seriously tonight. Lord, teach me. Help me. School me so that I can be a good tool in your hand. So that I can be useful in your assignment that you have given me. And if you are serious about it, you are going to take practical and spiritual steps towards it. It's not just a wish. If wishes were uh, available, you know, beggars will, you know how they say it. You have to be serious, and you have to take practical and spiritual steps. So, Father, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for what you have released. We receive it tonight. If I can borrow two or three more minutes tonight, Pastor, if there's anybody here that is sick in their body, I'm stepping out of the boat. You're sick in your body. Uh, You want me to agree with you on anything physical in your body. Or maybe not physical. I'm going to pray tonight because I believe God. And you also believe God. Amen? We are stepping out of the boat. I'm stepping out of the boat. You are stepping out of the boat. So we are going to, I'm going to pray and I'm going to believe God. And I want you to believe God too. That God will bring about a miracle. And so Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, you said these signs will follow them that believe. They will lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. Even though I'm not laying my hands on them, Lord, Father, you said in your word that you sent your word and your word healed them. And so, Father, everyone watching from home, everyone watching in the building tonight that is raising their hand and standing in faith. And the Bible also tells me that if you have faith as a mustard seed, so don't let the enemy tell you that you need to have this giant faith. He said if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, be removed. And so, Father, we step out tonight. We are not just preaching and then go home. Lord, we step out because you say, step out of the boat. Father, tonight in the name of Jesus, I command healing. I command miracles. I command your body to be made whole. 
I command your mind to be restored. I command that situation to come in alignment. I command marriages to be mended. I command homes to be restored. I command jobs to come in the name of the Lord Jesus. I command healing blood pressure to normalize. I command eyesight that are fuzzy to be restored now in the name of the Lord Jesus. I command bones, cartilages to come alive in the mighty name of Jesus. I release the life of God into every cell, every tissue, every organ in your body in the name of Jesus. I command your mind to be set free in the name of Jesus. For whom the Son of God sets free is free indeed. I speak to every demonic spirit, every demonic force that is under the sound of my voice. I command you to loose God's people in the name of the Lord Jesus. Because he has given me authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy. And nothing shall by enemies hurt. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I exercise your authority that you have given me. And I say, you devils, pack your bag and live now in the name of Jesus. Loose God's people in the mighty name of Jesus. I declare healing and declare wholeness from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. I declare favor on the job. I declare favor on the job, extreme favor on the job in the mighty name of Jesus. I declare hope on heavens over your life in the mighty name of Jesus. You have been in the season of dryness. It's over in Jesus' mighty name. I declare that dryness is over in the name of Jesus. You begin to hear the Father clearly in in the mighty name of Jesus, every spirit of deafness and blindness be healed now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. How many of you receive it? Father, we thank you. We receive it tonight and we consider it done in Jesus' name.